Hi, Dad. Hi, Celine. Did you know that you and I are about the same age if you count time living in the world? What do you mean? Well, as you know, I left a high-control religious group around the time you were born. So you're in your 20s then? <laughs> well, maybe in my head. The thing is, though, because I had all of my beliefs about morals, science, politics, religion, philosophy provided for me, I spent the last 25 years trying to work out what I should think about a whole bunch of stuff and work out what's going on. No one knows what's going on, Dad. <laughs> well, I think it's about time we did. What Should I Think About is a podcast that sets off on a lofty goal to make sense of the complicated, contradictory, confusing but wonderful thing we call the world. Hello and welcome to the What Should I Think About podcast. I'm Celine, And I'm Stephen. Um, so today, Celine, we're going to talk about war and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, how, how we sort of think about war, especially after we've left uh, um, a group like Jehovah's Witnesses, which are essentially pacifists um although they perhaps wouldn't use that term but essentially that's what they are or at least that's the stance they take now mm-hmm. um and what's triggered this is because in the uk we have a, a sort of special memorial week do you want to talk a little bit about that well we have all of november as, as a month that people yeah. wear poppies so if you watch mm. any english news or any english actors you might notice British. that they're wearing mm. Um, yeah, British. You might notice mm. that they're wearing uh, poppies. Um, yeah. So, you know, like the BBC, everyone's wearing a poppy, for instance. Yeah. The week just gone, we had Remembrance Sunday and um, Armistice Day in that week period where there is two minute silences on each day mm. where we remember the war and sacrifice of the First World War, but it extends out to yeah. war generally now because yeah, obviously absolutely. that is a low, very long time ago now. Um, still important to remember the atrocities though and that war is no good is kind of the the point of it yeah well I I suppose um, different people will sort of frame that in different ways so I think I think the the way that a lot of people frame it is the sacrifice that um, soldiers made during the first world war and then other wars since all around the world Mm -hmm. Um, and you know yes sometimes you might frame that in a way to say you know um, without their sacrifice we wouldn't have the way of life we've got now Mm -hmm. and for others they emphasize the futility of war and the loss of life and the waste um, that it causes so yeah even that even within its own kind of um, celebrations is the wrong word commemoration is a better word Mm -hmm. Um, there's a uh, there's a difference of emphasis i think depending on how you feel about it and um, yeah, so we can get into that a little bit it's it's a, it's um it's a somber thing mm. it's not oh, yeah. celebratory though no. obviously there are things like ve day but that was that's not always um done this is something that is done all the time so the yeah. celebrations of certain victories sometimes but that's normally with older people that remember um yeah. these things we generally it's about the somber recognition of war mm. being bad at least that's what i've always seen it as and what it's generally yeah. been sort of presented as um especially i think you can tell with media pieces they're never celebratory of the wars that we see are they in you know like first world war second world war yeah no um i i guess not although again i think i think the emphasis is not, not. It's definitely not celebrating the war. It's not, definitely not celebrating the act of war, but it's it's respecting. Um, I think particularly, certainly for for my generation and possibly yours, but certainly my the the Second World War, which is much more obviously in the memory of um, grandparents and and so on. Mm-hmm. Although even they, you know, were losing a lot of that generation well, that saw yeah, that. But depends on the ages, isn't it? Mm. My granddad was in mm. the Second World War, wasn't he? Mum's dad. That's right. Yeah, but you know, I think Second World War. I think um, people think about you know what if you know what if our young men hadn't gone to to fight mm-hmm. Hitler. You know what would have happened? Yeah. What a terrible world we would have had so i think there's some there's also a gratitude there for um mm-hmm. the young men that uh, that laid their lives down and and fought for that so i think that's that's the way a lot of people feel mm-hmm. but then obviously there's the, the the whole the wider question which is uh what a waste and uh what a terrible yeah. thing to do really mm. 
and I think those things can lay together. Yeah. In, um, often that's you know when I take the two minutes silence, that's what I'm thinking about mm. is is both really that I'm thankful the atrocities like the Holocaust, for instance, were stopped. Mm. <laughs> um, but I'm saddened that it had to be, and through loss of life. Yeah. Um, and and so those things sit together, and probably why it is more like I said a somber situation um when you take those two minutes silence yeah that's right yeah so um should we just clarify the uh, my, my former religion obviously jehovah's witnesses they have a a particular stance on yes. war which means well, that yeah. they don't take part in any of the they commemoration don't poppy, they, don't. they don't wear a poppy no that's right yeah and like we said they're not inherently disrespectful in that no I- I said, what do they do during the two-minute silence? Do they have to, like, faff about and make noise no, to they make don't it known per- that they're don't not? they purposely make noise, no. Yeah. No, but they were, they, as you say, they don't wear a poppy. So when I was at school, often the, the, the people would come around selling poppies and um, I'd be the only one that wouldn't buy a poppy. Or would, mm-hmm. um, Also, sometimes we'd do, like, um, pictures, paintings and things like that, you know, where we'd um, do pictures of poppies and fields mm-hmm. and... Mm-hmm. Those sorts of things. So nothing, um, you know, nothing about the violence of it. Just the just the symbolism of, of the poppy. Um, that comes mm. from the fields in in Belgium where there was lots Flanders of Flanders fields. Yeah, which you've seen, haven't you? You've you visited those fields, I do believe. Uh, no, actually, went to France. Oh. Yes, ah, right, so okay. but I, so I've seen the huge craters from shells that went right. off, and I've been in trenches, but um, that in was the France. French trip. Okay. Yeah. Um so yeah, so yes, at school we would um all of the kids would be doing these sorts of pieces of art and so on, but I wasn't allowed to do that. Um mm-hmm. because in some way it was seen to be um, you know, celebrating condoning. or glorifying or condoning at least war, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um so Jehovah's Witnesses have a very strictly pacifist stance. They don't go to war. Um one of my uncles went to prison instead of going to war, so he he was sent to prison as a conscientious object during World War II. Um, and, yeah, it it's a very, uh, very, very clear stance. Um, also not doing anything that contributes to any war effort. So mm-hmm. there were times when I, I was working when perhaps I'd be asked to do something that was for the MOD or something like that. Um, or even like a civil engineering project that was for uh, for some army somewhere, and, and I, mm-hmm. I wasn't, I didn't feel comfortable doing that, so I would have to say I'm not, I'm not able to do that. It was just something stupid like printing some stickers that would go on the side of something, you know. But it it was to do with the army, so I couldn't do it. So we we had a very kind of extreme stance. Um, there were discussions around, you know, because obviously a lot of your taxes go towards, or some of your taxes goes towards the military. Um, but we would apply the Caesar's things to Caesar, God mm-hmm. thing, God's things to God um, admonition at that point. So, okay, well, Caesar's asking for this money and we're going to obey Caesar, Caesar being the governments mm-hmm. represented by the government. So um, that's, yeah, that's the stance we took. But so there's quite a few contradictions in there, really. You know, materially, we would be contributing to the war effort or to wars or to military mm-hmm. spending because we'd be paying taxes. But that was considered to be okay because there's nothing you could do about that. And, um, yeah, it wasn't our business, essentially. Once we gave it to the government, whatever they did with it. So, But it was, it was always a big, big thing. So, um, yeah, Jehovah's Witnesses have a very... A very pacifist stance when it when it comes to war. Therefore, they don't have anything to do with these these um, commemorations. And I think when you leave, um, that is an area mm-hmm. that I thought about a lot. And obviously, you have to then, you know, the title of this podcast is "What should I think about?" So, what should I think about commemorating war? What should I think about war itself? You know, is it um, is it sometimes just? Is it sometimes necessary? Um, or is it always wrong? And um, what what should I think I about? It, Go yeah, well, I find it difficult, especially if you consider um, the Second World War mm. and the circumstances for that one. So obviously the First World War, there's a lot of people want that there was a lot of will to go to war. But then with the Second World War, 
I can't stand by and say it, it would be okay because war is bad to leave people in concentration camps. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And some of those people were Jehovah's Witnesses in mm. concentration camps. So, you know, is it better to leave your people in camps than fight for them? Which I think is maybe an unfair question because, like, how do you answer that without sounding, you know? Yeah, no, it's it's very difficult. Um, I mean, I suppose the, the thing is, there's actually a couple of separate questions um, and many sort of questions within those. But the question of war is one thing and how, I guess, a civilised society should think about war and what, you know, politically and ethically we should individually think about that question um, and then there's the how do groups like jehovah's witnesses who have a essentially pacifist pacifist stance um how do they think about it and how do they work it out um and i think that the two are two are quite different yeah i mean the, the, the trouble with um so if you take a pacifist stance then which i, I think i would be i, I have an instinct personally Mm-hmm. to think I, I would want to avoid war at pretty much all costs. Of course. It would have to be the last resort. So um but if you if you are a strict pacifist, then of course the the problem with that is it it leaves open the opportunity for other people who mm-hmm. are not mm-hmm. um to create a world in their image which is is not necessarily going to be in the interest of peace so it it's a difficult one to if you're thinking macro politics and world politics and it's a difficult one to justify if you believe like jehovah's witnesses do that um all politics is a waste of time and that actually god's kingdom is going to come and god is going to put everything right then i think there's some logic to that there um because you just say well you know it's up to god if he wants to intervene he will if he doesn't but he then, won't, you know. But that's just, regardless of everything gets okay in the end, like people still had to suffer, and that yeah. surely is mm. not okay. It's like, like I said about this past, it's this bystander mm. effect that concerns me a lot because it's like, you know, I don't know if um, when um, our, our interview with Donna won't have come out yet, no. but you know, this idea that anything bad happening large or small scale in terms of many people or mm. one person mm. well, it doesn't matter because if if it needs to be fixed then god will fix it and it's like where's your agency where's your mm. urgency to help people yeah do you know what i mean we, oh, it's I incredibly dangerous absolutely it's, it's dangerous it's lazy it's um it's an excuse to um yeah to just to just turn away from anything you know from charity work from Mm -hmm. we've talked about this before in terms of you know activism and so on it's it's a good excuse not to get involved with anything really Uh, and you're encouraged to think that way you know so don't worry about all these other things just give your money to the organization and then do do work for the organization that's that's what you need to do and and the other thing that i suppose is difficult that i've not considered before but this idea of like god's law and caesar's law so the government's Mm. law so how does that fall in terms of you know if if you know it's like well the government's law say the first second world war was what it was you know Mm. yeah so so you had to go to war basically you were conscripted if you were uh, Mm. between a certain age i think I don't know whether it's 17 or 18. Yeah, between that and and an upper limit. Again, I can't remember. Um, But um, yeah, it was, you you had to go. You couldn't opt out. Um, Obviously, if you decided to proclaim that you were a conscientious objector, there was was provision made for that. One thing you could do was um, do non-combat related activity. Yeah, you could do things like sweeping for mines so that you could try and stop well like, even that say, but if it, you were saving children like from crossing a river is the idea that you could try and find exploit like things to stop it or you could do medical work like you could yeah i'm gonna say but, people or... or even farming so farming was mm-hmm. exempt so if you were a farmer you didn't have to go to war because we yeah, needed, so needed food. The food um you might work in manufacturing or something like that so that was 
um, okay as well. So there was um, there was ways where you could get out of it if you like. But, but then all manufacturing changed to manufacturing yes, stuff indeed, for the war. So then what yeah. do you do? Do you stop doing that as well? Yeah. So the way Jehovah's Witnesses look at it is that you obey man's law whenever you can. Mm. But if God's law conflicts with man's law, then you have to obey God as ruler rather than men. Mm. So they have this kind of hierarchy of of rules, mm. um, and where though where those conflict, you know, is is sometimes a bit contradictory. Sometimes there's a grey area. I know in during the Second World War there were some um, some witnesses who would go into farming, let's say, you know, to avoid that the conscription and others who felt that that in itself would be wrong to do that. So that would be, you know, um, allowing themselves to, to be used um, for the wider war effort. So they wouldn't do it. Um, mm. So there were differences in, in conscience in, in these areas. But yeah. If you ask someone, what, what would you do instead, I suppose, or do you do, do you do nothing in terms of like, if you, I think most, people would agree that what was happening in the Second World War was wrong, you know, in terms of, you know, concentration camps and so yeah. on. Then, you know, is there is there a we do something else instead or is it truly just leave it to God sort of thing? Well, there's, there's a couple of things there. I think the first thing we have to, uh, which, which relates more to history, which we mm. just need to come back to this question of the concentration camps and whether Not everyone was, knew to the degree how much did, did uh, mm-hmm. the west know and how much was that actually the reason that we went to war i think i think is a question that we have to um ask mm-hmm. um, but let's imagine that everybody did know so let's let's imagine we have a scenario where we we i think we did know that um the jews were being persecuted mm-hmm. their businesses were being taken off them they were being mysteriously um, vanished vanished disappeared and so i think you know it's not like it was completely um unknown so let's let's say that that there was an understanding um what what would a jehovah's witness do in those circumstances even if they knew that some of their own brothers and sisters were also in those concentration mm-hmm. camps and um, the, the answer is clear they would have nothing to do with it they would have nothing to do with war or any activity that would put them within that theatre of war. So they wouldn't join up and say, you know, I can work as a medical, as a medic, or I can work as a, a rescue service or anything like that. They wouldn't have anything to do with it. So they would, would still they, have gone to prison. Would, do you think they would do something like um, take someone in, though, if it was like to help them? Because that's against persecution. I'd imagine that that would be okay. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. If, if they if it didn't mean um, going to fight or going with the army or mm-hmm. or supporting the war effort, if it was just um, p- opening your house to refugees, mm-hmm. that would be, I would assume, allowed. Okay. Um, but but no actual things that have word happened because of war. circumstances because of the yeah. war would be okay, yeah, but not to right. facilitate the war. That's right. Yeah, right. yeah. So then, it's very extreme. It's a very extreme hmm. position. I mean, I, I I don't know if I've mentioned this before, but um, this subject has a lot of triggering elements to it for me because I was mm-hmm. obsessed about this when I was a child. So when mm-hmm. I was very, very young, um, the idea of war and guns and fighting, I was that was so ingrained into me to be afraid of that. Uh, not in a that I didn't, you know, didn't want to die or anything way, but I didn't want to um, offend Jehovah by even playing with guns or playing video games um, about mm-hmm. war and things like that. I was so it was so drummed into me that I had a, I now think was a kind of um, some sort of obsessive fear. Yeah. Like a proper phobia Mm. of guns as to the point that I would not look at them in the, in, in, you know, toy books or toy, Mm -hmm. toy shops. I would, I would stop, I would try to avoid seeing them. Um, And if I was thinking about guns, um, I would be frightened of that and I would think I was sinning, you know. So I remember mm-hmm. saying to my parents, I keep thinking about guns, you know, it's I, I don't know how to stop. Of course, if you think, if you're trying to stop thinking about something, of course, that's all you can mm-hmm. think about. So I was actually, I think, as a child, quite, uh, well, I think that that's a form of, of um, as you say, compulsive 
disorder. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I think that was quite it's damaging, like how, actually. Well, it's like how, you know, some people that um, I think everyone thinks like uh, like OCD stuff is just cleaning, but there's like, it's not that, is it? And it's like, you know, yeah. some people get really obsessed thinking about um, yeah. being ill or something. So like intrusive thoughts, they call it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. exactly. So it's like, but mm. if you're in an environment that kind of, is encouraging and almost applauding yeah. that sort yeah. of behaviour, then it's mm. hard to deal with. Do you know what I mean? Because absolutely, I'm not saying they they would, but you know, people in your life might have been like, "Oh, it's easy. isn't he a good boy?" Thinking about that and being concerned and being good, to, yeah, to, to Jehovah. Do you know what I mean? Like it almost, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that was it was very damaging. I think I was very very unhappy as a child, worrying about things like that and all sorts of things. Mm-hmm. And then as I got older, the, the thing changed a little bit, but it was. Yeah, that was a that was a really damaging um, mm-hmm. obsession that I think I had because of what I was constantly told: you know, guns are naughty, guns are bad, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it was. So, yeah, so even now, when you know, as I'm an adult now, you know, I think about um, I think about war and I think about my position uh, around that, and I think it's yeah, it's still it has an impact. It, it still has an impact because you yeah. don't. Um, not because of any particular reasons, but um, like I would sometimes wear a poppy, like because I yeah. would buy one at school. But you, I remember you being kind of like, oh, you know, if you want to, I don't really. Like Absolutely. Do you know what I, I mean? I like yeah. you, you were trying to be like, it's okay, but I could tell that you weren't. You were uncomfortable about it. I think. Yeah. Again, you know, when we talk about your young childhood, um, mm-hmm. I I was obviously you a lot still freshly well. out. Yeah, that's right. So we're talking about 20 odd years ago. Um, so, yeah, it's hard for me to remember all my kind of feelings about it. I, I remember absolutely not, you know, not trying to stop you or anybody else. And no, it, it wasn't that I, I didn't. Um, um, yeah, I didn't like it or anything. It was I think I think there's there's a couple of things that what one I think relates to that time that I was just fresh out and the mm. other one is something that i think i still have in me uh so the fresh out element is you know if you've been indoctrinated for 30 years to believe that you know something is is wrong then it's probably hard well it is hard to overcome that and i think most jehovah's witnesses ex-jehovah's witnesses will have some things that they still struggle a little bit with whether it's like blood or mm-hmm. um yeah um relationships and um sex and things like that that you you have these hangovers mm-hmm. uh from that that, well, it's that what, indoctrination um, it's what we talked about with um jilly jilly uh mm. what does she call them the things that you swallow whole interjects i think she interjects them, it's That's an interject right. <laughs> absolutely yeah absolutely that so you can, I think... like she said you can chew up and decide you might actually agree <laughs> with but yes you might not yeah no, that was that was really interesting. So yeah, I think there's there was an element there, and there probably still is, if I'm honest. I think the other thing that I I still feel, and it is part, I think this is part of me. This isn't an interject. It is part of my personality. Is that I I don't like being forced to to do something that is a symbol that somebody else has decided I I have to do. Um, that say something that i'm not 100 percent sure what it means mm. <laughs> does that does that make sense mm-hmm. it's like um it's like a few years ago everybody had to say whether they were a feminist or not mm. it was like a thing and you could get t-shirts and you had to wear a t-shirt to say this is what a feminist looks like um mm. and i i really bristle against anything like that that says you have to say something, you know, you have to symbol, you have to symbolize, you have to perform mm. to say, this is what you think. And this is what I believe. So, and, and I really, really want to, I don't want to offend anybody uh, with this. Cause uh, you know, I, I feel deeply about people that died in, in any of those wars and that frankly are still in dying in wars and also, though, the people that did come home that weren't okay. Yeah. I mean, my, my one of my dearest uh, relatives, my, my granddad, uh, I popped mm-hmm. a picture up on Twitter 
my granddad was in the Second World War. He fought. Um, he was in the RAF. He, he actually joined up just before the war. In fact, there was, was just no about jobs. To, that's right, no <laughs> jobs. He was just so about he to finish his um, term. And then, yeah, and then the war started, so he, he just had to carry on. Um, you know, I love my granddad dearly, and um, I, I'm very proud of what he did in the war and the fact mm-hmm. that he he's one of those people that that helped. Um, I guess Dunkirk. you know protectors from from mm-hmm. the the evil that was the Nazi mm-hmm. regime and Adolf Hitler and so on. Um, so yeah, I, I really feel that deeply, and he is one of those men that mm-hmm. came home, but you know he he may well have not come home. Well, so and as is you know mum's dad granddad, he went and but he never got in a plane again because he used to parachute. <laughs> it went in the war. Yeah, that's, and then he, that's your granddad, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then he never got in a plane again. And you can probably mm. see why. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, once you've jumped out of them enough times. Absolutely. Uh, that will yeah. do you. So, you know, and we take time to think about them, don't we? The What Should I Think About podcast has been going now since around November 2020. And we've really enjoyed doing it. We release at least two shows a week, it's about eight a month of course, with Sunday being an interview and Wednesday being our discussion about a new subject each week. We love you our listeners and we really value the interaction we have with you and we want to keep the podcast going. Currently I pretty much work on the podcast full time, researching topics, booking guests, recording and editing, with Celine working part time doing very much the same things. So in order for us to keep going and continue to improve, we've reached that point in the life of a podcast where we have to make some decisions about how we support it financially. Most podcasts have ads, either that are delivered by the podcast hosts or from third parties that interrupt the show. We really don't want to do that. We want to keep the What Should I Think About podcast ad-free. So we're going to try something different to most podcasts. We'd like to ask you if you think this podcast is worth a pound or a dollar fifty or a euro twenty a month or whatever the equivalent is in your own currency. If you think it's worth that, we'd like to invite you to become a member or a patron for just that. So how we're doing it is we're flattening out our tiers on Patreon to just our single lowest tier. For those patrons, not only will you get the two public podcasts a week, but you'll also get exclusive video each month, bonus content of at least one a month and probably more, and exclusive access to the What Should I Think About Facebook private group, where you can contribute to our Ask Us Anything episodes coming up soon and talk about the show. We've got other plans too that will make your pound or $1.50 even better value. We can't say too much about that yet. We really want to make access to this community possible to everyone. And we think this minimal amount will do that while providing the show with a small income in order for us to keep going. So the next few weeks, we'll be flattening out our tiers on Patreon and providing all benefits through the lowest tier currently known as loss aversion for just a pound or its equivalent in your own currency. So please consider being part of our community. Thank you. The link to our Patreon page can be found in the show notes. Absolutely. I want to stress that, you know, it means a lot to me and that they mean a lot to me. Um, But I don't feel like I need to wear a poppy to feel Mm -hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's that I think it's that performative element of it that I just find I feel a bit uncomfortable. That's not mm-hmm. to say that I would never wear a poppy. So you know, I'm not. I'm definitely not making a big stand here and saying I would never do it because I'm. A... No, absolutely not. I think you it's have. Just, I have seen you do it before. It's just uh, I not may well have done. Regularly, always it's, do. It's not something I feel that I need to uh, to do in order to make a statement. Mm-hmm. Um, I may be wrong, you know, I I certainly don't want to offend people who think it is really, really important to do it. It's just for me, that's one of the, that's one of my personality traits that comes out. The same applies to other, other movements as well, that I I feel a bit uncomfortable sometimes, this performative element of it, you know, if 
I guess there is something tangible that maybe buying a poppy does. It gives a little bit of money to, to the charities that help mm-hmm. look after people who've come back injured and so on. So there is something mm-hmm. actually ta- tangible that, that that does. So that undercuts my own argument. But often it's 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 just about this symbolic thing. Now, as a, I suppose, from a social scientist perspective, I can understand that because it is about solidarity. It's about group coming together to say you know this means something to us as a as a society um i think i'm just i just struggle a little bit with that for whatever reason i don't know why that is so that's the poppy element um what about the taking the silence to oh of course yeah oh yeah i do that yeah 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 because i think you know yeah that's respect your time and it's respect and how you spend your time to think in that two minutes is Mm. up to you how you you know there's no thought police control there how you think about and you don't have to do it um you know normally i'm on my own so it's not like i'm trying to show anybody i'm doing anything it's just just yeah it's a good opportunity just to to think about it yeah like i said we were in um you know i I was in customer you know it's you know Mm. customer facing so yes we did tell the customers we were we're actually doing an event that day, so I did pre-warn them. I said uh, we will yes. be taking our two-minute yeah. silence. So I was mm. like, uh, "Just be yeah. sort of ready for that." Um, yeah, yeah. You know, it's up to you, but I, I won't be talking to you in those two minutes. So it would be know. quite uncomfortable, wouldn't it? Though? Yeah, if they start trying to talk to you, and you're like, <laughs> "Excuse me." Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. yeah. So yeah, I said to them, I was like, "You know, that we're going to do sense. that because we, we we did have like the um there was like a uh sort of like um." veterans representation downstairs like where they were selling poppies and stuff as well and there was you know actual veterans there so you know um that was added to it so it was just so we just pre-warned people because it could if not everyone remembers it's a bit awkward but we all yeah and and i think it it does it it does also just for a moment just say you know let's get our priorities right Mm -hmm. so you know we're, we're selling stuff um but that that can stop that can wait yeah for a couple of minutes while yeah, we just exactly. take some time. Um, and I think take that's a good stop. thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, that's a good thing. Um, yeah. Okay, so so the other question that I'd quite like to throw into this mm. is is this question of, of just war. So uh, when, when we said we were going to talk about this, I did a little bit of looking, um, a bit of research, um, and I came across a podcast that I do actually listen to quite a lot. It's still going. Um, it's called In Our Time. It's mm-hmm. a BBC podcast you can you can get to it from uh certainly from the apple podcast and i'm sure from lots of others and it's it's basically it's an hour or a half an hour where they they broach the subject they get a couple of experts in and they get go into it in in they get into the weeds and this was about a just war and what was really interesting about it is still going with the same host but this was in 1999 Mm. I couldn't believe it. I mean, it sounds exactly the same now. The mm-hmm. format's exactly the same. The the um, the host no, is the works, same. It works. Exactly. Um, but it really made you think about it because 1999. What was happening then? I mean, right. how old you were? What three? Yeah. Um, <laughs> the the Bosnian uh, the 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 war was happening in Yugoslavia where it fell mm-hmm. apart essentially with the. Uh, the, the Croatians and the Bosnians yeah. and the Serbs. Mm-hmm. Um, so this was raging, and so that was, I, I guess, on the front of mind of the discussion. But it started to go back into this concept of just war. So mm-hmm. if I was to say to you, what what would a just war be? How would you think about that? I think it's how you describe why you went. Do you know what I mean? Because. Mm. There is no just war on all sides because for you to have a just war, hmm. then you have to believe that the other people are unjust in their hmm. going to war, right? So the obvious one to go back to is is World War Two because of the Holocaust. So I, I would say us going to war at that point was just because so many people died and, you know, thankfully so many more didn't because we went and mm. freed people from those camps that requires someone else to be the bad guy and to be unjust 
was that was that the reason why we went to to war was um because on the on the panel on this podcast mm-hmm. there's um a guy called neil ferguson he's still quite a big big name um but he made the point that actually um when we look back it's easy to retrospectively think well mm-hmm. that's why we did it but actually we we went to war because we had a uh, a treaty yes, uh, with Poland yes, um, and, and, and ultimately the end result is that you swap one dictatorship so mm-hmm. the Germans the Nazis marched into Poland mm-hmm. obviously you wouldn't want to be under the Nazis mm-hmm. uh, but then we end up with a situation where when the war ends they end up um, in Stalin's yeah. Russia or Soviet Union Mm-hmm. um so you know were they any better off so the the question is i mean looking back on it i feel really grateful that that countries got together and mm-hmm. snuffed out this evil mm-hmm. unbelievably wicked regime with regime yeah i mean you can't imagine the world now can you there's been lots no. of what if uh documentaries and films about what you know what mm-hmm. if they had won the second world war and what what would life be like now um the thing is oh, yeah the reason that they can go to war because there are rules on going to war officially you know that's why you can have war crimes that you can mm. be tried for after mm. the fact so the reason they can go to war is because they break this treaty because of the first world war you know post the first world war there was a lot of restriction put on Germany to stop another war happening. However, some people would argue that's the reason you get another war, actually. That's right. Yeah. Um, but that, so yeah, that, uh, that if you've listened, basically, I've looked at a lot of the sources, um, and the prime minister at the time really desperately didn't want to go to war, even though they'd broken a lot of the treaty already. You know, Hitler has brought together an army that he was not yeah. meant to. He's he's gone against multiple treaties, uh, parts of the treaty, um, and yeah, marching into Poland basically quite obviously there to <laughs> take it over. They have to finally is the argument is they have to finally that they, they can't not be at war anymore because it is out in the plain open. Before it was slightly more concealed, but quite obvious nonetheless. But at this point, they finally go so. That's the justification, if you want to say in that sense, that's what they would say. It was just because rules were set out and they broke them in multiple ways. That in yeah. terms of like a plain, not no emotion to it, it was just in that it was obvious that war was happening and they didn't mm. want to be on the back foot, basically. So again, this is quite interesting because it depends on... So um, in my little bit of research, looking at um, the concept of the just war, mm-hmm. um, you quite quickly... Uh, start to hear names like Augustine mm-hmm. and Thomas Aquinas, who are like sort of early Christian um, apologists, perhaps the wrong word, but they're, they're trying to reconcile the idea of war with the, the Christian message um, because Jesus comes across as a pacifist Mm-hmm. in the gospels and his message is basically to you know to love your enemies to pray for those persecuting you so it's not to go to war very different from the from yahweh the god of the old testament or jehovah as uh, jehovah's witnesses would would describe him mm-hmm. um very very violent always taking his people to war you know they mm-hmm. they fought lots and lots but jesus is a very different character and, and the basis of christianity but so in order to kind of understand how you can go to war uh, this idea of a just war starts to 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 come out and and yeah um the justification for war is is actually to for the greater good it's to create peace ultimately so you can go to war if there's a, a reason for it which is going to be to create peace the, and this, that was the idea as to why they thought it was okay to go to that's right Iraq. <laughs> so, yeah just to throw so, that in so this is <laughs> often that they, they yeah. that was meant to be a just war because yeah. they were going to bring a new regime of peace that's right um, the war to end all wars was the World War One phrase, and and that has often been the justification for war is to actually create peace. It's this paradoxical statement, you know, we're going to war because we love peace, um, 
And so this idea of a just war is is one that has been with us. But I think it's quite interesting when you go back to the um, the Yugoslavian war. Um, that was a we talked about a, a world uh, rules based world order before, but I think that was when we started as a um, as a civilization to think we might be able to get to it. So the idea of the United Nations was that there, there was a kind of agreed set of mm-hmm. principles and rules that people would, would stick to. And if you, if you broke those rules, there would be consequences. So one country, if it just decides to invade another country, then there would be some uh, punishment of that and that the rest of the world would come together and say, no, you're not allowed to do that. Make so there would be like by trade or yeah. You know. So there there might be sanctions initially, but ultimately, you know, you might say that the world, like it did actually, pretty much in Yugoslavia, and it pretty much did in the first Gulf War, come together and say, no, you can't do that. You can't invade Kuwait just because mm. you fancy its oil, um, and so. There was a belief, I think, at that time that we could have this rules-based system where countries would agree to a set of rules and then if any of the countries disobeyed that or broke those rules, then the rest of them would club together and one way or another would um, would put things right. And I think that that suggested a new justification for war. So whereas before you had this concept of a just war, I think now you had a, a break in the rules sort of war, which, of course, it comes out of that. But I think it was slightly different. But I think after the second Gulf War um, and the debacle that that was, and at least, you know, post-war, the actual mm-hmm. war was fought quite quickly. But uh, after what happened afterwards and then Afghanistan, I think we we have again a new reckoning. We we. I think as a as a as a worldwide society, we're again asking these questions. On what basis do you decide to go to war? Um, there was a lot of criticism for Obama and um, Cameron and other world leaders when the Libyan um, thing mm-hmm. happened, uh, because there was people being killed, and um, you know there was there was lots of uh, atrocities happening, but but there was limited amount of. Uh, intervention that the West was was doing, and again the the criticism that comes was from the like wake of the yeah exactly yeah absolutely. situation where they've yeah. been criticised for overstepping and you know yeah absolutely um, so I think it's a really difficult it's a really difficult one, and obviously when you look back you think well you know the First World War I don't think any unless you're a historian i don't think anybody really understands why it happened it it seems to be essentially a terrorist incident where um uh, somebody gets shot and and then ferdinand. it escalates ferdinand franz mm. ferdinand um it's well, um, i think there was a lot of there's debates of it but i think there's yeah. a lot of muscling for a fight and then someone gets shot and they're like oh now we can <laughs> <laughs> yeah well again you know this is this is part of the problem you know, there was you, rules you know, and retrospectively rules were broken so they could have a fight <laughs> but um but yeah the the second world war i think is it's easy to justify it when we look back on it now but i guess you you have to ask was that the reason why we actually did it in the first place um and I, I mean, I don't know the answer to that, but um, but as it happened, the the outcome was um, you know if you think about Nazi Germany, then the, the right one. But um, I think people knew it was bad, and they were at war mm. because it was bad because they'd been told it was bad. <laughs> but I don't think they knew how. Well, Hitler was bad. clearly um, you know just just picking up more and more territory, and he had he had grand designs. I mean, that wasn't a secret. Um, they just didn't uh, know to the degree I think when you read accounts from the soldiers when they Mm. do get to the camps they didn't know how bad it was I I don't think they realised the the level of atrocities that were going on though so I think you know that they were that's why people now are grateful absolutely yeah yeah. But yeah so I guess um, you know these days uh, these questions um, the, the, the idea of a world war, I think, is is thought to be Christ. less likely because mm. of the, the the totality of the weapons. 
Um, the yeah, idea if you of, have a world war now, it yeah. would be that you don't fight over scraps of land either it, no, because it could right. be fought from long distances yeah. with huge implications. But you know, there's still um, there are still areas where you can imagine things mm-hmm. happening, and indeed, there are still wars happening in there various are still wars places. With, you know, mm. with with gunfire, conventional and tanks weapons. And, yeah. yeah, yeah, you know, it still happens. Yeah. Um, so I don't, I don't suppose we've got anywhere near answering any of those questions and, and we shouldn't because it is something no. that each individual kind of has to come to terms with. But I've, I've enjoyed, um, in inverted commas, talking about that mm. um, that subject. It's a really interesting one. I think it's um, something that's worth considering as part of that. I think that's, for me, that's part of the point of November and Remembrance yeah. Um, yeah. is to consider these things, remember and, yeah, have for me remember and have respect for the people that I think did something very important for. Yeah. Us. And I'm, I guess there's other, there's other questions for the future that maybe yeah. we can talk about another exactly. time, but um, in relation to modern warfare, you know, things like Should cyber. We have an army? There's always conversations well, as well though. Should we have a war, an army? That was a part of the Corbyn campaign. Oh really? Well, should we was... get rid of, um, you know, should we get rid of, certain weaponry and things like that yeah i was thinking more about like cyber warfare and also mm. drones yeah. um and the you know whether machines should be given the capacity to make decisions about taking lives um i think there's a whole there's probably a whole new uh discussion on on that really but um mm-hmm. So, yeah, thank you for um, listening to us talking about that because it's a really complex topic. And I think, Mm. um, you know, I hope you think we've covered it with the respect it deserves. And if you've got more to say, you know, as always, do talk to us on Twitter um, or direct messages if you don't want that just out on public. And we can always talk about it in a tweet of the week at some point um, because it is a really complex topic. And, yeah, we're just going to move into a new feature to end on something a bit lighter after having a bit of a heavier episode yeah so uh, we talked about this um some time really which was getting bans on getting ex-jehovah's witnesses or ex-members of other sort of high control groups who are doing something artistically and as it's a podcast it sounds sensible to have music on um so we we thought you know could we could we start to feature some bands So, our first band is called Tick No Talk, and they're a five-piece from Warrington in Cheshire in the UK, uh, not far from Manchester. This this is a, a really great sound, and the lead singer is actually somebody that I've known from way back. In fact, Celine, when I was going out with your mum, Mark was going out with your mum's friend and um, so it's kind of nice to be able to get back in touch with him and play one of his bits of music now um not all of our bands and all of our artists are going to be people that i've known and um, so mm-hmm. let's listen to uh tick no talk with a song called who rattled your cage Your friends is broken and you've been in fire more than you can choose 
So, did you like it? What did you think? Yeah, I did like it. It was like a, you know, I listened to it at like half seven this morning, so it got me, got me up and <laughs> got, you got me bed. up and going. Yeah, got it's very. It's very catchy. Mm-hmm. It's very kind of. Uh, I don't know. It reminds me a bit of the Hives, mm-hmm. people like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like it. I, I got my. I was humming it around yeah. the, there you go, uh, the, the bathroom this morning. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, really good. They play gigs. They're based in Warrington in Cheshire, around Manchester area. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, check out Pick No Talk. Yeah, if you want to book them. <laughs> yeah, if you want to book them, have a look at their website. And um, yeah, who runs a pub? You know, that's my <laughs> question. Who runs a pub, and who's going to host yeah. all of these bands that are eventually? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, cool. So um, if you have a band, or if you know somebody who's a musician or an artist in any way, actually, um, then yeah, by all means, get in touch. I've got one or two others that I'm I'm uh, lining up. But if you're interested in us showcasing your music, then, yeah, get in touch. The more we can do, the better, really. Nice. Cool. Well, thank you very much. Um, I won't talk about the poll I did, because I think that is a feature for another week. But I did a poll on Twitter, mm. which will be a Tweet of the Week, I think, in our next episode, oh. um, which was quite interesting, actually. Yeah, so may actually be a whole new subject. Mm-hmm. Anyway, thank you very much for listening and see you next time. Bye. Bye. What Should I Think About is an Evil Sheep production. 